LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BC. One team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And I tell you, Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk about my thing. To the 20. Geis. Touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. Hour number two underway here on the Chris Gordy Show. And every Thursday right about this time, we catch up with our guy Greg Bedard. Formerly of a Sports Illustrated National NFL writer, runs BostonSportsJournal.com. He's on Twitter at Greg A. Bedard. Greg, good morning to you. Happy game day. NFL regular season is finally here. Hooray. <laughs> hey, no more look. fake football. No more fake storylines. We get to talk about actual football. Exactly. It's finally here. And for those uh, fantasy football people out there, set your lineups. There's a game tonight in case you didn't notice. But uh, Greg Bedard joining us. And Greg, uh, you know, not a whole lot to talk about on the Saints front. We talked with you a week ago after their, uh, well, they had their final preseason game and they cut down uh, to their final 53. But a guy I did want to ask you about that the Saints did go out and sign who was with New England was Austin Carr. What can you tell us about him? What impressed you with him uh, or didn't impress you with him uh, throughout training camp? Yeah, you know, Austin, Austin had a great camp. Um, he did everything the coaches wanted. He, uh, he ran the routes well. He caught the ball well. Um, showed a little bit of clutchness in the game. Had a tremendous grab in the first preseason game from Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Garoppolo threw back across his body in the end zone, um, in the traffic. Car didn't care about his body or anything. Went up, got it. It was a great catch. Um, you know, he was a he was a good player, but you know, I don't. He wasn't anything special. He wasn't a guy that um, you know. I don't think anybody thought around here that he was going to lock up a playoff spot. I mean, uh, a roster spot. I mean, first of all, they're very deep here, so you have to take that into consideration, and maybe that's good for the Saints. Um, but you know, he just, you know, he's not the fastest guy. He doesn't separate that well. I mean, when you're looking, when you have Chris Hogan and Brandon Cooks and now Philip Dorsett and Danny Amendola and Matthew Slater as a special team stud, I mean, you know, if you're keeping a wide receiver, it's somebody who's going to be in, basically in the in the same sort of group as those guys that they can do something on an NFL level that you say, okay, that's, that's, that's a special talent. Um, you know, we never saw Austin Carr do that against starters. Um, you know, he never – one of the telling things down here is or, or up here is that he never worked with Tom Brady in practice, and that sort of shows you what Bill Belichick thought of him. So, you know, he's a good functional guy. Is he going to be a difference maker from the Saints? I'd be surprised. Yeah, I think he's more just maybe an insurance policy. And I'll be interested to see if he's active uh, at all in these first couple games because Willie Sneed is going to be out the first three weeks with his DUI arrest. And, uh, you know, they'll roll with Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn, Brandon Coleman, and Tommy Lewis. And for most teams, that would seem like enough. But Saints love to air it out, love to throw the ball. So maybe they feel a little bit more comfortable with five wide receivers as opposed to just four uh, let's get into uh, this game tonight, Greg. Uh, Vikings, or, or rather, I'm sorry, Chiefs and Patriots up in Foxborough kicking the season off. 
I, I know you got some great articles up at uh, bostonsportsjournal.com on this, but it's, it's going to be an interesting offense for the Patriots this year. I mean, it's it's a different look. A whole lot of new faces, at least uh, receiving core and, and running backs, and a guy we're familiar with here in New Orleans and Brandon Cooks going up there. What can we expect out of this uh, new-look offense tonight? Yeah, well, we're not really sure what you can expect. Because I think <laughs> the, whatever Bill Belichick has planned and Josh McDaniels have planned for this season, they haven't shown us yet. I mean, between injuries and other things, you know, we really haven't seen the full capability of this offense. I mean, even in Detroit, when uh, the third preseason game, when the starters were out there, they went up tempo. They were slashing through the Lions. You know, Julian Edelman, you know, hurts his knee and he's out for the season. And so, you know, just not having Julian out there is, you know, a big deal. And it will certainly affect things. I mean, I think that it's going to be Chris Hogan is going to get some of that, uh, you know, slot work and those crucial got to have it third down conversions, things like that. Uh, I think it's going to fall to Hogan, but I also think you're going to see some of the running backs get in that stuff. So, plus they made a lot of investments at running back between Mike Gillisley, Rex Burkhead. They still have James White, who should have been Super Bowl MVP. They still have Deion Lewis. Um, so, you know, there are a bunch of different weapons. We just have no clue right now. Oh, and, and some guy named Gronkowski. We just have no <laughs> clue right now how it's going to work. I mean, I think against the Chiefs on opening night, I think you're going to see a lot of what we saw in the Super Bowl, which was a lot of the backs being used and maybe multiple backs being used in the pass game to sort of stress the Chiefs linebackers because they're a little weak at pass coverage. You mentioned the backs, and you know James White's a guy who, who we saw a good bit last year, scored some touchdowns, did so in the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, Deion Lewis, they bring in Rex Burkhead, Mike Gillisley, and then our, our guy from right down the road here in Baton Rouge, uh, Brandon Bolden, I know just uh, came back with the team. So yeah. uh, a lot of different options to use in that backfield, but I mean, I guess you, you're, you're just like a lot of us. We have no idea how they're going to utilize those guys, right? No, I mean, if I had to guess, I mean, it might, I think, I think it has a chance to look a lot different on opening night than it will for the rest of the season. I mean, if his hamstring's okay, and we don't know that yet, the last time we saw him, he looked okay, but not great. You know, Gillisley's the every down back. And then sort of James and uh, James White and Deion Lewis, they split the third down stuff with Rex Burkhead mixed in. Um, Rex Burkhead would be used more as an every down back against teams that they think they need to do that to, you know, in order to keep them honest on defense about, you know, whether they think it's run or pass. Burkhead sort of brings that versatility where you don't know what they're going to do. They could run with power with him, or they could go five wide, shotgun empty, and, and Burkhead can act as a wide receiver. So, you know, we don't know any of that stuff. I mean, I, I know you mentioned Cooks before. I forgot to mention him. But, you know, I expect him. He was brought here because they needed speed. And the, the chunk plays, the big plays, they slipped last year in that area. You're going to see Brandon Cooks being the guy on the receiving end of a lot of play action, deep balls over the top, posts, things like that. That's stuff that the Patriots love to do is stretch the field. And Cooks is probably the fastest guy next to Moss that they've ever had running on those routes. 
defensively for the uh, Patriots. I was actually surprised doing some of these fantasy football drafts the past couple weeks at seeing how high they had the Patriots ranked uh, as in, in terms of defenses. People were taking the Patriots. They think they're going to have a really good year defensively. And obviously, you had uh, Stephon Gilmore. That you know, it's an it's an upgrade at corner. Uh, Malcolm Butler, where are they? Where is he with the team right now? Obviously, the biggest trade that didn't happen of the offseason, all the talk, he's going to New Orleans. The Saints are getting Malcolm Butler, and it just never seemed to happen. Have they kind of resolved things behind closed doors, and, and is he happy there? Or where's Malcolm Butler with that with the organization? Uh, you know, it's a good question. I mean, I think he's in season mode now, but, you know, I can tell you the first couple of days of camp um, observing him, didn't look overly thrilled to be there. Uh, I wouldn't be as well when, you know, I've done everything a team's asked me to do, um, help them win two Super Bowls in three years, and, um, you know, I'm making chump change in $950,000 while you bring in Michael Floyd, a, uh, a drunk wide receiver at the, end of la- at the end of last year, paid him $4 million dollars. Um, to play four games and then not be active in the postseason. And then you sign Stefan Gilmore, who hasn't won anything in Buffalo, for $13 million a year. And, you know, the first couple of days, Malcolm looked a little ticked off, which is normally what you get once guys have been with their boys on vacation and they're in their ears saying, you know, they're doing you wrong. That has subsided, but there has been some issues, you know, with his play. It, you know, he's been peeking in the backfield, um, getting burned a little bit more. He realizes it, which is a good sign, so you think it'll get corrected. But, you know, there is there is the fear that Malcolm Butler is now in a contract year and wants his money after the season, whether it's from the Saints or somebody else. Um, so that fear is there. But, you know, I think they're going to be better on defense. Um, you know, they're a little bit weak on the left side of edge, but – um, other than that, with Gilmore and Butler, Eric Rose looked a lot better this year. The safeties are lights out. I, I think the secondary is going to be really good. It's going to really help any um, flaws they might have in the pass rush. I, I did see yesterday Rob Ninkovich made the comment he's not, quote, not closing the door and returning. And it's just a thought, right, with Derek Rivers going down on injured reserve, Coney Ely, that didn't work out. Just maybe a thought in the back of Belichick's mind in case something happens Maybe they give Ninkovich a call and bring him back? You said that? I didn't see that. Um, you know, I mean, that it's certainly possible. I think it's more down the line if they get in the dire straits, but I think they I, I think they feel like they're all right. Okay. Yeah, it was CSN New England, so they may be wrong. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm going with the report that they No, no I'm sure they're I'm there. sure they're right, but I hadn't seen that yet. Let's hit on a couple of, uh, of national topics. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, obviously the drama unfolding with him. He will play this week, uh, coincidentally, on a national stage. National television, he'll be uh, prime in position for the NFL to put him out and showcase him. But then uh, weeks two through seven, set to serve that suspension. But he is, uh, of course, still trying to take that through the courts and, and get it pushed back. Well, where are we on Ezekiel Elliott? Do you think that he will end up serving the suspension week two through seven, or is something else going to happen here? Uh, I think he's going to play ball this year, and I think it'll be decided by the courts in some point in the off season. But you know, we that that kind of stuff is unpredictable. I mean, I do think he's uh, a court is going to see that there could be irreparable harm if he is forced to sit out before a uh, a hearing, but. 
you know, the this is sort of the first test case after the Brady case, where basically, I mean, even the NFL and its filings basically, you know, showed that, hey, look, about five times they wrote, hey, look, we can do everything we want because that's what it says in the Tom Brady decision that Roger Goodell can do anything he wants at any time, and so I don't know why we're in court. So, you know, maybe maybe now things move a little bit more quickly because right now that's sort of settled law. Talking with uh, Greg Bedard from uh, bostonsportsjournal.com. Just one more for you, Greg. Uh, obviously here in New Orleans, all our eyes will be on the Saints Monday night heading up to Minnesota. I know Adrian Peterson made some uh, comments yesterday. He was asked about going back and returning to Minnesota, and he said, you know, yeah, he wants to go there and, quote, stick it to him. And I know some uh, people are, are sporting news and a few other people are trying to run with that quote. But my thought is, what do you expect Adrian Peterson to say? Of course he wants to stick it to the team that let him walk and spent the first decade of his career there and walked in free agency. Uh, you put any stock into that as bulletin board material, or is that just, hey, guy wants to go there and, and stick it to the team, his former team? Yeah, I'm, no, I, I, I would totally expect Adrian Peterson to say what he did. But, you know, look, there's he's going to it's not going to change the fact that he's going to really want to win this game and to you know beat his former team i mean so you know that is certainly a factor in this um you know if i'm a saints fan i'm happy about that that adrian peterson sort of you know will be seeing red when he sees that purple on the other side and so uh you know i'd be all good with that he is Greg Bedard, uh, owner, editor, and columnist at bostonsportsjournal.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Greg A. Bedard. Greg, thanks so much for the time, man. Really looking forward to tonight. The eyes of America will be on Foxborough as the uh, Patriots take on the Chiefs. Uh, Patriots win this one, right? Uh, I think so, but, you know, the Chiefs <laughs> don't turn it over because Alex Smith doesn't try to make any tough throws, so they could hang around a little bit. Bold prediction. Alex Smith gets hurt, and Patrick Mahomes comes in and saves the day, and the Patrick Mahomes Ooh, era begins. That would be a big curveball. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. We appreciate the time, man. All right. See you, All right. We'll talk to you next week. Greg Bedard on Twitter, at Greg A. Bedard, does a fantastic job. Of course, uh, you know him from years working for Sports Illustrated, covering the the NFL on a national level, and I think he covered the Packers for a while. He's covered a whole bunch of teams, and now he's uh, launched his own website, bostonsportsjournal.com. They cover the Patriots. They cover... Uh, a lot of the Boston teams, but Greg also keeps up with all the national uh, teams as well, keeps up with the Saints for us, and that's why we appreciate him coming on every week and sharing his perspective. And once we get into the season and have some actual film to look at, uh, he'll do that for us. He'll study the Saints film and come on with his takeaways each week. But this week's kind of an awkward week, right? I mean, we're stuck in the middle of Saints' last preseason game last week, and they don't play a game until next Monday, so... Uh, that's why we spent a good bit of time on the Patriots. Otherwise, we wouldn't have. But that's what we're all going to be watching tonight, right? I mean, it's the first NFL game, and all eyes will be on Foxborough tonight. So figured it was relevant enough to have, to have Greg on and, uh, and talk about that game. All right, let's do this. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a whole lot we still got to get into. We've got to do what's big. We've got some college football notes and some of the games coming in this weekend, and a whole lot more. It's Chris Gordy Show right here on Sports 1280 New Orleans.